0: Is there anybody there? Welcome to the Strong Women, Better World podcast series season two. As you know, we have focused on the road to Tokyo. And if you haven't already listened to our first three episodes, be sure to check them out. Today, we take a tour and are excited to drop this very special bonus episode titled Reflections from Tokyo you are in for a trip because today we're going to hear from Aline Silva from Brazil. Mm -hmm. Aline is an Olympic wrestler and Brazil's first world champion medalist. She's fresh back from Tokyo and we have the privilege of learning about her experiences, reflections and what is next in this athletes life. I am Piña Pozo from Bolivia, a sports journalist who had the privilege of covering the Tokyo Games and watching my sister Aline compete. It is my great pleasure to welcome you to this Strong Women Better World podcast special edition. Today we travel to South America, to Brazil, to hear from one of the strongest women I have ever met. Aline is not only physically strong, she's mentally tough and has a heart of gold. And just to give you some perspective for Aline to qualify for the Tokyo Olympics, it means she had to prove through qualifying competitions that she's one of the world's 16 best wrestlers, 16 in the whole wide world. Hello, Aline, my strong sister. First of all, your entire GSMP family wants to tell you how proud we are of you, not only because you are a world Class athlete, but more so because of your humble spirit and kind heart.
1: Thank you, Pinha. Thank you for the so warm welcome. I'm really happy to be here sharing this moment, sharing stories with you. Thank you for all the JSMP family. <laughs> you really made the difference in my life.
0: Okay, Aline, let's get on the mat and start this first round. You're home from Tokyo. How are you feeling? What was the first
1: thing you did when you arrived home? First thing was thinking about what would come next and try to organize myself. I'm still very focused on my routine. As an athlete, we have to have all our week very well-prepared, like food, clothes. Like I, I used to organize my clothes to train and all the time, like the schedule very well-organized. I tried to do that. And it was hard because after the Olympic Games, my schedule wasn't so very well set it up as it was before. And this is hard for our mind because before the Olympic Games, every day I wake up knowing what I had to do. It was eat all the food that my nutrition uh, said that it's good for me, go to train, come back and rest, eat again, train hard again treat my all my pain, all my, my hurts, sleep well, long nights to recover well, and start all again. After the Olympic Games, it's so weird because we don't have to do any of this again. <laughs> and I think um, routine is something important for me. I think for most people, most people that don't uh, agree with me might not actually realize how routine It's so important for us to set up our goals and to achieve and to feel like we are filling out our purpose every day.
0: can even imagine what it would feel like coming home after such an intense and pressure-filled experience. We know, though, that the Games are only one tiny part of what an Olympic athlete does. There is four years of grueling practices, a strict dieting, as you said, and lots of personal sacrifices. Can you tell us a little about what the six months were like for you prior to the games? All with a pandemic still disrupting every area of our lives. Help us understand what life was like in the months, weeks and days leading up to Tokyo.
1: Yeah, for me, it was very, different experience from Rio 2016. Of course, the pandemic has huge impact, but my thinking, my way out of seeing the Olympic Games has changed so much too, that all my feelings and my way of handling this huge tournament changed too. So I was with this routine uh, as an athlete that I told you, like training, eating, uh, resting, sleeping. But but also I was sharing my time with managing my program in Padera and some management on the National Federation of Wrestling where I am the vice president now. So it was very busy and I had a very, very tight agenda. And that was good for me actually because... For real, I was only training and felt like my whole world, all that I am, you was an athlete and uh, you was about to get a medal. And if I get a medal in in 2016, it would mean that I succeed. If not, I'm nothing. And it was exactly how I felt after the Olympic Games in Rio 2016. So during these five years of preparation, I I I participated in GSMP that helped me so much develop my own program. For the audience,
0: GSMP stands for the Global Sports Mentoring Program, a women's empowerment sports diplomacy initiative sponsored by the US Department of State and implemented by the Center for Sport. Peace and Society at the University of Tennessee. That's where Aline and I first met in 2017. Sorry, Aline, please continue.
1: And it came to me a whole new meaning of why I'm wrestling and why that is important for me that during the six months prior the the Olympic Games in Tokyo, it was important for me to keep working, keep managing my program, keep working with the Federation to make sure that my body and my feelings understand that I'm more than just a medal. I'm more than just an athlete. But when I traveled to uh, Tokyo, I promised myself that I would just focus on wrestling because it was very, very busy agenda here. I, I thought like, like okay well, a month before it's good to just prioritize the olympic games but with the pandemic we were only going to train and coming back to the hotel we weren't even seeing sun until we get to the olympic village it was very hard for me because i was doing a lot of things in brazil and then there everything stopped sudden and when we are close to the tournament, our trainings are not so, so hard anymore. They are not long. They are short train very, very intensive, but we have to have a lot of recovery to be good in the day of the tournament. So it was hard for me to handle with uh, all the protocols of the pandemic, you know, all the pressure, because you have no other ways to distract yourself to handle with your pressure to compete, you know? But when once I was in the the village, everything went well because there we could see sun, we could walk to the uh, place to eat or, you know, to the place to train and uh, see more people. It was good. It was really good to feel that uh, they are, They were really taking care of the, all the protocols about COVID. That was something I was worried because we heard that a lot of people in Japan visit, didn't want the Olympic Games to go there because of their safety, because of the, their lives, and I totally co- agree and understand. But once I was there and I, I could see, at least for the athletes, that the protocols were so strict, so uh, very well implemented, I felt like, okay, I'm not doing something actually wrong because that was another part that was hard for me to handle because I was training and uh, only focusing on the Olympic Games every day in my life while people were struggling to live, struggling right. to keep their health, to, you know, uh, fight against COVID. While you we were thinking about a huge uh, event, a sports event that it's so hard to think about this magnitude of sports event without taking the risk of losing some lives, you know? So once I was there and I felt that uh, all the protocols were so strict, I felt better. And that helped me too. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Something very different.
0: If you don't mind, Aline, walk us through the day of your match then from morning until the fight was over and you returned to the village that afternoon.
1: Well, it was a normal day of tournament. I wake up very early and went to my waiting. After the waiting, I stood there in the tournament because uh, the wrestling would start in two hours. I just drink, take breakfast and wait for my fight. After my fight, I came back. I waited to see if the Turkish girl would win until the finals. If she did, if she had done, I would be bring to the competition again. But she didn't. Then I came back to the village and uh, took a shower and normal, like normal day. yeah.
0: Like a normal day. And could you tell us what lessons you learned through this experience? What you learned about yourself and the world you love in and want to impact?
1: Well, I, I wouldn't say that Olympic Games has taught me anything. I think it's more about my journey, more about um, all that I have struggled to overcome during all my, my life, to be there. And actually, people give too much importance to Olympic Games. For me, it's more about personal achievement, I think. It's not about like being around the best athletes in the world. It's just, it's more from where I came, where I, I, I were. I think this is more about like, every person has their own fights to fight. And for some people to be a gold medalist, was the least that were they were expecting. For some people, be there was a, a very huge achievement. And I know people say that all the time, but I don't feel that they say for real, like, oh, okay, be there, it's a, a real achievement because everybody, while they are saying that, they say that they will share, they will be, crossing their fingers for us to get the medal. They will be there uh, sharing for us to get a medal. So for them, they actually are expecting a medal because it looks like if we get a medal, we will be a champion. We will have the achievement that we want. And actually, I think for the system to work for all the uh, marketing, all the commercial of uh, around the Olympic games, the medals and put the medals up there, it's important. But for us athletes, I don't think that is fair, the competition, you know. Uh I can't think about, I can't uh, expect me to get a medal when I don't have the same condition of training, the same facilities, the same coaches, the same partners. I don't train as long as my uh, opponents, like I have opponents that are wrestling since they were six, seven years old. I don't have the same doping control than other athletes because I know that there were athletes that had never tested for the doping control and I am being tested every month. That's not fair, you know? Yeah, well, to me being there and seeing you
0: on the mat that day, oh, I felt so proud and emotional. I was like about to cry when I saw you there and (laughs) cheering. No, it was something amazing. Not everybody gets together and you are very special Alini, very special. And we could spend a lot of time unpacking just this one day of your life. Let's shift our focus to the future. Something we know you're really excited about. What's next for you? What gold medal worthy goals do you have for this next
1: chapter of your life? So I have done a lot of lectures here in Brazil about what being an athlete means, what sports can teach us. And I always say that sports teach us life, as Billie Jean King said once, and that we are prepared to be whenever we want after the sports. But now for me, I think it's time to prove it. So I want to be an entrepreneur, not only in Men that is an NGO, I wanted to do another kind of entrepreneurship. So right now I'm working on a business plan of digital platform where people can lend money to people in this platform. So I believe that we can help a lot of people that has uh, some idea, want to, to study and needs capital, needs money, and they don't have access. A lot of poor people don't have access in the huge banks here in Brazil. They are not in the financial system. So I think it's a problem that we should solve with this uh-huh. business because in MENPADERA, we help a lot of families through sports. We are helping the students, but they still struggling to survive. They are still struggling with their lives, with no funding, no helping, you know? And a lot of families there do extra jobs to increase their incomes. So they have their opportunity to the micro-entrepreneurships that could not just bring in an extra income, but could be their income. They just need to be taught how to manage their money, including business. So we want to do this platform that won't be only about lending money, but about financial education too. I am talking of a lot of people because I don't have around me people who has the money to start a business. But I have the knowledge, I have studied a lot, I have all the skills, I believe. So now I am uh, focusing on working in these business plans and making happen, as I did with Mempodera.
0: <laughs> you mentioned Mempodera. Can you tell us
1: exactly
0: what it is and where this idea came from?
1: Well, the idea came from my life, actually. I didn't come from a social program, but I started practicing sports in my school. And sports changed my life. If I hadn't uh, tried wrestling, if I hadn't fallen in love with judo, that was my first sport, I probably wouldn't be here because my mom, single black woman, was working very hard to put food on our plates. And she couldn't be there uh, watching me all the time. So I was... Spending a lot of time on streets. Now I have visited more than thirty countries. I speak another language. I have two college. I did an MBA, you know. And then I start to think, oh, my life hasn't been easy. It's not just about all the struggle, the the usual struggle that people has to uh, about money. I was very vulnerable during my teenage time and uh, early adult life, and so sports has meant everything for me, but also English, because when I learned English, all doors of the world was opening to me. I mean, like now, right now I'm talking with a sister, a friend from Bolivia. I have another one in French. I have another one in Nigeria, you know, and before that, I was traveling the world with sports, but not communicating with people, not making friends. And so I thought, what had helped me in my life was sports and English. I want to teach that for and, have, and give this opportunity for other girls. We start from there. So Mimpadera offers wrestling and English classes. And then I thought about all the abuse that I went through, all the sexual things that I had to learn by myself, and a lot of things about drug and alcohol that I, I learned on streets. I would like to have somebody to talk about, about that with me. And then we put one class a week uh, of life skills that we talk about all these issues that I believe that they need a space to talk. And that's it. Maybe that is a life. We teach that in Sao Paulo, uh, the state of Sao Paulo in a city called Cubatão. It's nearby the beaches there. We are in the poor community there in Cubatão that really needs support because they don't have government support they don't have other too many options like projects and uh, social programs happening there the program is making more uh, good for me than I am doing uh, doing for them (laughs) that's the 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 truth. like uh, we we think we are doing something to help others but actually they are helping me they are changing me every day (laughs) Oh, how nice. I
0: I I when I if I get to go to Sao Paulo, I have to go and meet your girl. You have to come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Aline, there is no doubt that the future of girls in Mempodera will be brighter because of your commitment to improve their lives. As we close, you need to know that your entire GSMP family is so proud of you. We love you so much. Please remember you have an army of sisters, as you said, from many different countries and brothers too, that believe in you, respect you, and want the best for you. You are our strong sister who has always taught us so much
1: about life. Thank you so much, Pinho. Thank you so much for you, for the families of JSMP. I need to tell, I already, I already said this um, so many times, but when we started in JSMP in 2016, 17, actually, sorry, Dr. Sara said in the early beginning that we didn't know, but we would be a family in the end of the program. We would call each other sisters. And I said, I'm um, just crazy. I, I, I'm not this kind of person. I'm not this kind of person. I'm not given this way. And now I have a family, and being today talking with you, it's so much pleasure for me. Thank you so much for you um, in this opportunity. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for being the way you
0: are, Aline. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Now, go keep uh, working with those beautiful girls (laughs) and creating more alines in Brazil. Uh, We need more alines in this world. Thank you, sister.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye. And
0: we also like to thank our audience for tuning into this special edition of the Strong Women Better World podcast. Until next time, remember, when women are strong, the world is a better place for everyone.